This is episode 448 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, Long-Term Storage Food for One Year. How much food is that? Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. All right, so guys, let's go ahead and jump into our podcast with just a few announcements here. Um, I want to remind you, you know, this is the Thursday podcast. Uh, For those of you that are new, and I haven't mentioned this recently, I guess, uh, I record the Thursday podcast or the, the day podcast the night before. So Thursday's podcast, I record it Wednesday night. And so Monday's podcast on Sunday night. And that way you have it ready for you on your Monday commute into work or, you know, you have it ready for you on the next day without any kind of waiting, you know. Uh, I always appreciate that when I can listen to the podcast that I want to listen to, you know, in the morning driving to work. And so that's kind of the way that I do it. And so if you were listening to this on Thursday, then then November 15th, 2018, that's the, that's the release date. Um, we're going to have a Facebook Live uh, going on, and we're going to be interviewing interviewing James Leary of PlanAndPrepared.com. James is a police officer. He's been a police officer for many years, and he's going to give us a little bit of insight, you know, kind of what's what's out there, what's kind of going on out there, because sometimes I think our minds, you know, they're seeing it every single day, and we don't always, uh, you know, we don't always see it unless we hear about it on the news or, or something like that. So telling us a little bit about what's going on out there and then and what, what he's hearing about society and then how we can keep our homes safe and different things that we can do to, uh, you know, for home security. That takes place on the Prepper website Facebook page. And then so you can come over there at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time and, you know, we'll kick it off from there and we'll go as long as we, we go. But uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm really looking forward to these interviews. I try to do once or one a month, and uh, you know, just bring out some some great interviews out there. There's a lot of great people out there in the preparedness community, and who knows, I might be trying to bring in other people that could just add to the preparedness community. They might not be anyone necessarily that you know I post articles on on Prepper website and read their articles on the podcast. But uh, you know, who who knows what's in store for that? So we're I'm always looking for you know those interviews and those that are going to bring value to the preparedness community. So if you can. Come on over to the, uh, the the proper website. I'm having t- I'm having trouble getting started here today. Um, head on over to the proper website Facebook page, and uh, you'll be able to. Uh, we'll go live, you know, right at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So really looking forward to that. Hey, a couple of days ago on episode 446, I talked a little bit about whiteout and driving in whiteout conditions, and so Eric did leave a comment in episode. Uh, or in the comment section of episode 446. And I wanted to read it uh, for you because, you know, he's just sharing some information here. He says, the whiteout advice may work for Green Beret, but it's terrible advice for anyone else. This isn't when light discipline is critical, like in the military. With your lights out, other people can't see you and you're much more likely to be hit by someone else. Best advice, slow the heck down. You should not be using your brights. That is a good suggestion. 
but slow down. You should also be sure to have your vehicle up to snuff for the winter. Have the proper treads on your tires. Have the correct coolant and rated washer fluid with good wipers. When in doubt, pull over and keep your lights on. All right, so good advice, Eric. Thanks so much. I think in, in all fairness, um, I think as, as that article was concluding, it was getting to the point of, hey, if you do... If you if you if you are doing this, you're doing this because someone is hurt or you know along those lines, and uh, you know go go about it that way. And I think the when he was talking about you know driving in the military, I I don't I don't know if that was done on purpose to to uh, increase skills or if that was just something fun that they did. Uh, I I'm not 100% sure on that, but your advice is good. Uh, really good, you know, and so yeah, slow down. So continue driving, but just slow down to, to that pace. You know, I, I think I brought up on that episode about rain and sometimes it can start raining so bad here where you do slow down. And so you're on the freeway where normally, uh, you know, our freeways, we go 60, 70 miles an hour where you're slowing down to 30 miles an hour. And then there's still yahoos that pass you by going 50, 50, 60 miles an hour. You know, it's kind of like, what in the world are you thinking? Because I know that if I can't see very well and I'm driving in a truck, I know that, you know, your truck, you're not able to see that well as, you know, either. And so that's just dangerous, you know, and you can hurt somebody. So good, good advice here. Slow down. I think that's something that, you know, people should, should practice. Don't use your high beams, but keep your lights on so the people that are coming uh, you know, head on traffic, you know, they can kind of see that if you're in uh, a roadway that um, doesn't have a median, I think that's, you know, that's really good information there. And then if you just can't do it, just pull over, but have those emergency supplies in your vehicle so you can stay warm, so you have something to eat. So there's ways that you can heat yourself up, those kinds of things. I think um, the other advice here about keeping the correct coolant and then the washer fluid, you know, because they make washer fluid that uh, you can use, you know, with below zero temperatures. I think that's very, very good information to uh, to to have and to apply to your vehicle. And so you should be, you know, thinking about those things right now. And then the good wipers, man, wipers make such a big difference. If you are, you know, if you if if you're in rain or even in the snow and you have bad wipers, man, that again, that is something that is just that's an easy fix, man. That's like, you know, $12, $15, maybe $20. And um, I know I paid $20 for uh for really good ones last time. I know mean, I think it was like a buy one, get one free thing. And uh so they were really good, good uh, wipers, and they made such a difference. I mean, man, come on. And so that's one thing that you should always, that's just good vehicle safety. And you want to make sure that, you know, when you get into a wreck like that, even if it's a little fender bender, I mean, what a problem, you know, to, to get out and to exchange information and possibly, you know, you, you're going to have to take your vehicle in if it's to the point where you can't drive it. You're going to have to get it towed and all that kind of stuff. Just be smart. And, and go from there. So thanks, Eric, for leaving that comment. If anybody else has any comments, those of you that are experienced up there in the north driving in winter, uh, you know, whiteout conditions, feel free to come on over to episode 446 and uh, leave me another comment. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article for this episode. It's coming to us from modernsurvivalblog.com. 
And I got to tell you, there's 119 comments in this uh, for this article. It's not a very long article, but 119 comments. That's a lot of comments. And, you know, Ken has a really good uh, community over there at Modern Survival Blog. And, uh, you know, people are participating and they're, you know, giving feedback and all that kind of stuff. So, like I said, it's not a very long article. It's informative and really to get you thinking because food is such a very big deal when it comes to preparedness. I mean, you need food to survive. I mean, you need water to survive. You need air to survive. You need food to survive. And you never want to be caught in a situation where your family is hungry, where your kids are, are starving, and you don't you don't have an answer to that, man. That's You don't want that. And so you want to be the person that is on top of it so that when the poop hits the fan and everyone else is shell-shocked, that you're able to go into, hey, uh, guys, I've got this taken care of because I've been planning for this. I've been taking care of this for a while. And so here we go and boom, and it's there. And so food is such a big deal and in morale, it can boost morale. Good food can boost morale. You think about when you, uh, you know, you're hungry and you eat a good meal or you get around the table with a bunch of friends and you're able to eat a good meal and what that does, you know, the, the conversation and all that kind of stuff. And so if you're in an emergency situation, you're in a disaster situation, having a good meal can really be a morale booster. So let's go ahead and jump into this one again. Long-term storage food for one year. How much food is that? Ken's recent post, 15 Reasons Why You Need Food Storage, called to mind an earlier post, Bare Minimum Food Storage List for One Year, which was based on the LDS recommendations for one person for one year of 755 total pounds of various long-term storage food broken into seven categories. I've been wanting to calculate what it takes to establish a pantry of long-term storage food. The recommended amounts of pounds per year for each category of food made me wonder, how much food is that? So I broke down each category a bit, calculated amounts of uncooked ingredients, calories and grams of protein for a cooked amount of each food and built a matrix. It's not too granular, but does provide close to the LDS recommended pounds per year. Here's what I came up with. Grains equals 400 pounds per year. And guys, I'm going to say this. Here in the article, they didn't say if this was for a family or if this was one person for the whole year. I can't believe that all this food is going to be for one person. So I'm thinking it's for like a family of four. Uh, it kind of alludes to that or people are alluding to it in the comments. So uh, I just want to put that out there because these are some really high numbers, right, for one person. So grains equals 400 pounds per year. Whole grains, wheat, rye, buckwheat, etc. Flours, cold cereals, hot cereals, pasta, noodles, popcorn, yeast bread, quick bread, flat bread, crackers, pastries, coatings, thickeners, snacks, miscellaneous, whole grain dishes. So these are all the things that that would cover, right? So daily would be eight to ten slices, and that, this is, I guess, the numbers that they're coming up with actual food. Eight to ten slices of bread. One and a half cups of cooked pasta, two cups of cooked rice, one cup of cooked oatmeal, four cups of popped popcorn, and half a cup miscellaneous. So in each one of these categories, there is another article that you can link to. So the next categories is or next category is beans and legumes equals 90 pounds per year. 
dried beans of all sorts, split peas, and lentils. So daily would be three-fourths cups of cooked beans, two-thirds cups cooked lentils, and three tablespoons cooked split peas. So these are, I guess, um, I don't know. It might be, you know, now that I'm thinking about it and the way that they're doing the daily here, it could be amounts for one person. So I don't know. If anybody has any insight on that, you can let me know. And uh, I'll touch base. And the reason I'm bringing that up is because there's uh, an Excel spreadsheet here uh, that I'm going to talk about in just a second. So the next category is milk and dairy, 75 pounds per year. Powdered instant dry milk for drinking, baking, cooking, and gravies. Freeze-dried cheese. So daily, two and a half cups of reconstituted non-fat milk and one-fourth cup reconstituted cheddar cheese. The next category is meat, 20 pounds per year, freeze-dried beef, chicken, pork, and turkey. Daily would be three tablespoons of reconstituted ground beef and one-fourth cup reconstituted chicken chunks. Okay, so the meat, and you notice it was freeze-dried. Um, this weekend, I, sh I shared out a link for freeze-dried meat with uh, Legacy Foods. And it was a great deal. And they, they warned me that, that it wasn't going to last very long. And man, I got an email from Legacy uh, this weekend or actually Monday saying that, that they sold out. And so it was a great deal, like half price almost of all their, their freeze-dried meat. And so if you, if you see deals like that, that might be something that you want because you can add that to your food storage. But, uh, you know, that kind of brought to my attention, you know, when it said freeze-dried uh, beef and chicken, pork and turkey and stuff there. All right, so the next category is fats. It's 20 pounds per year. Oils, butter, shortening, lard, baking grease, all kept frozen for cooking, baking, dressings, and sauces. Daily, two tablespoons of olive oil. All right, so all kept frozen. That would be a lot. I mean, you'd have to have a big freezer, right, for 20 pounds of uh, frozen uh, fats, man. All right, so and then the next one is sugars, 60 pounds per year. Granulated sugar, powdered sugar, honey, molasses, syrups, jams, jelly, and candy. That's what would be made up there in that category. Daily would be one and a half tablespoons of dry sugar and two and a half tablespoons of honey. And then fruits and vegetables, 90 pounds per year. Freeze-dried fruit, freeze-dried vegetables, instant potatoes, mashed, cubed, and hash browns. Daily would be one and one-fourth cups reconstituted fruit, one and one-fourth cup reconstituted vegetables, and one-plus cup of cooked potatoes. This all yields around 3,500 calories per day, a little on the high side for what we need based on the family's anticipated levels of exertion. This matrix is simply a guide that I'll adjust along the way. So there is a spreadsheet here that it, you can download. And so when you click on the link, it downloads it and it's an Excel spreadsheet. And it's a pretty, um, pretty elaborate spreadsheet. I mean, there's a lot of information on here. It, uh, the writing is really small. So of course you can you know, make the, the font bigger and all that kind of stuff. But it does lay it out for you and uh, gives you a lot of information there. So the, the LDS recommendations are fine, but I can tell you that I'll be planning to store less grain, legumes, and fruit, more meat, oil, and vegetables, and much more cheese. A reflection of our preferences and because I am concerned 
that excess flatulence might yield under undesired results within the community. He he. Okay. So anyway, including columns for desired amounts, inventory on hand, and cost per unit will give me a budget and therefore a timeline for accomplishing my long-term food storage goal. So is there more food needed? More would be needed to help provide for unexpected arrivals, supplement neighbors, and afford handouts to a few strangers who show up at the door now and then. In addition would be long-term storage staples for my family and group of FD peanut butter or freeze-dried peanut butter, grains for making sprouts, freeze-dried eggs, and freeze-dried sausage crumbles. Just got to have those biscuits and gravy. Plus grains, eggs, meat, oil, and vegetable for vegetables for homemade pet food. Also yeast and other leavenings, salts, spices, herbs, flavorings, vinegars, various condiments and sauces or their component ingredients, including extra oil for mayonnaise and tomato powder for ketchup and sauces. And ingredients for canning, preserving, and processing the garden orchard and other food sources and gluten-free grains for 1 DFM. So reconstituting and cooking all these ingredients would take at least a gallon of water per person per day. A more detailed breakdown of nutrition for each food can be found at any number of websites. The one I used for most of these was nutritionix.com. For freeze-dried meat, cheese, and all fruit and vegetable equivalents, I relied on Thrive Life's nutritional labels. So uh, Ken added, because this was a guest post, Ken added a little bit of information here at the bottom uh, because this was based on the LDS numbers. Ken adds, there are a bazillion ways to go about long-term storage food for one year. When I first started serious planning years ago, I came across the LDS Preparedness Manual, which was one of the many references that guided me towards what I have today. I believe the key to successful long-term food storage is a diversity of many food types. It's surprising how much food it is when you consider one year. All right, so um, that's the article there. I wanted to read, there was one comment here that I wanted to touch on here. Hold on just a second, let me find it for you. I thought it was pretty pretty interesting here. All right, so here it is. Um, so uh, Hermit Us or Hermit US uh, wrote this. My estimation is a family of four needs about the floor area of a three-bedroom house to store all the preps, food, clothing, toiletries, etc. for a two-year supply. I have been in a couple of LDS homes to be shown the entire basement level of each used for their two-year supply. So what am I getting at? Prepping also includes the space needed for this purpose and in most cases this space needs to be environmentally controlled. Little wonder I am running out of room. Okay, so like I said, there's 119 comments here. So when when you have that much uh, collaboration on on an article, there's a lot of great information. Of course, you know people are just going to be responding back and forth and different things like that. But there's a lot of great information. I know that when I was starting out in preparedness, I learned a lot from people. Just, just reading comments and stuff like that and participating in myself. So I, I wanted to talk a little bit here. One of the things about, or just give a little bit of commentary. One of the things about this supply, right? When you start looking at these categories is you're just, you're, you're putting numbers to, um, to big, 
uh, you know, bulk purchases. And the problem is, is that if you're not used to that, like I don't, I don't eat lentils. I don't like lentils. There's a lot of beans I don't like, you know? And so I, I don't know, I don't want to go out and buy a whole bunch of beans that I'm not going to be familiar with. I want to make sure that I'm going to buy what I'm going to, what I'm going to eat. And so that's one reason why I'm, all, I'm talking about, and I created that food lesson, uh, that video lesson. And, you know, it's like almost 45 minutes long. I have three different worksheets that you can download and you can work through and, and they're very helpful. And so my advice is not necessarily to just go out and start buying bulk and bulk foods like this, right? Because grains, because when you start buying grains, you're going to need a grinder. You're going to need to know how to grind it. You're going to need to know how to cook it. A lot of people just don't know how to cook from scratch like that. When you have all, all of these, you know, uh, you know, these, these material, all these, all this food and, and just kind of putting it together. A lot of people don't cook like that anymore. So I think it's very important. I rather work instead of doing it this way. I rather work from menus. I rather put it together in a menu form instead of just buying a bunch of bulk food. And so like, okay, I want to have a week's worth of food. And let me start out with a week and let me go ahead and figure out what I need for that and then put that in there and then go ahead and you start to double that and multiply that you start to do a couple of weeks rotations of foods that you could use. And so I, I talk a little bit about that, in, or actually I talk a lot about that in the video lesson and even provide you a worksheet that would be helpful for you in, in doing that and creating that. And so one of the important things is you're doing it with food that you know that your family is going to eat. Because yeah, if you if people are starving, people are hungry, they're gonna eat whatever. But you remember, I talked a little bit about food can really boost morale. And if you have food, I mean, the whole world is going, you know, is going crazy around you, but you have food that is familiar to your family, then, you know, that's going to bring a little bit of, of a smile. It's a familiarity to them. It is something that is, you know, that they're used to and it's comfort, you know, it's comforting to know that there is that type of food out there. Now, so that's that's one reason why you do that. You don't want to get into food fatigue, though. That's why you want to have different menus you switch out and things like that. But you want to make sure that you're doing things that your family, if you're going to buy food storage, buy things that your family is going to eat. I like what Ken said here at the very end. I, you know, he's like, I, I think a lot of different types of foods. And that, that's another thing that I talk about in my in my video lesson all the different types of foods that you should start, you know, you start with and you build up on. And I think that's just really smart. One of the things that, one of the things that they touched on here was having spices and all those other things. A lot of the times you don't really think about, you know, like you grab milk to make some gravy or you milk to, you know, to, to cook with or whatever. And if the poop hit the fan, you know, you have all these bulk supplies but you don't, you can't go to the grocery store and get milk and eggs. So having that in powdered form or freeze dried or whatever, having all of that kind of stuff would be very helpful to be able to cook the way that you normally would cook. And so buying a little bit at a time and, you know, working within your budget, not, you know, dropping a whole bunch of thousands of dollars on credit cards, right? So you can have uh, a pantry, but making sure that you are moving towards that all the time. I think that's very smart. And then the other thing, the last thing is reading that comment 
talking about space. Space is very important. Anybody who has been prepping for a little bit, you start acquiring some food storage, you start acquiring some gear, you start realizing, hey man, I need to have, you know, I need to have a place where I can put all of this. And so if you have a spare bedroom or something, that's great. That's fine. Uh, of course, you want it, you know, climate controlled, so you can't just put it out in the garage or in the in a in a shed in the backyard. So you you want it like inside your home somewhere where there is climate it is climate controlled and uh, but and it's safe from pests and all that kind of stuff. But space is the big deal. Space is one of those things that you have to think about when you're when you're uh, prepping and you know how are you going to go about it. So a little bit of thought ahead of time of where you're storing things would be very valuable and helpful. All right, guys. So like always, I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Again, that's long-term storage food for one year. How much food is that? Coming to us from modernsurvivalblog.com. Well, everyone, that is it for episode 448. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. You can head on over to the prepperwebsitepodcast.com. That way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.